0: What's that? Uh, th- playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I'm not kidding uh, you, Mister Morrow. This is Tim this is New York Giants straight talk, powered by Online Big Blue LLC. Oh, the playoff pitcher took a massive hit. Uh, it's, it was it was already on life support, but the life support is is pretty much officially over. You got the Philadelphia Eagles next week, and then you have the Rams at home, and then you got the Eagles again. The Giants right now. If you take a look at the playoff pitcher. Uh, it would be the 12th seed. <laughs> and considering the 12th seed doesn't get in, that, that's probably going to be bad. They're sitting at five and nine. They got the Packers at six and eight. The Falcons at six and eight. The so- the Seahawks who haven't played yet. Still uh, there. The Rams cl- uh, are at six and seven. They got the Saints at seven and seven. So it, it's not going to happen. There, there is, there is no there, there. There's no playoffs there, and the aspirations of this five win team moving into the into the postseason took of. Like I said, it, it just wasn't going to happen. And there's so much to talk about Sunday's game. I, I don't know where to start. Is do you talk about Tommy? Do we Tommy DeVito falling back to earth? Do you talk about the lack of performance by one Von Thibodeau and the entire New York Giants defense? Do you talk about the turnstile offensive line that gave up zero sacks last week and and was bullied uh, this week, or do we also discuss the fact that Tommy DeVito still holds Tommy DeVito holds on to the ball too long as well? You know, to but I will give him all the props in the world because at least when he's holding on the ball, he's looking downfield. Do we talk about the the factor that uh, Brian Dable just seems to leave his quarterbacks out to dry and get pummeled? And even when they seem like that, he already should be on concussion protocol. Even I know Tom Davido was cleared, or he hurt his leg, or something else that we sh- they should be pulled out of the game. But he's did this at least three times to Daniel Jones. And, and do we talk about the fact that if this keeps continuously going south, we are are we going to be moving back? In? I think we're back into the fifth spot now in the draft. Are we going to be looking at a quarterback? Because more likely, you're probably going to lose. You're probably going to go, I mean, I probably think we could potentially go one and two of these last three games, and that's if we get lucky. Uh, the Rams, I think the Rams are more, I think the Rams are more aligned with the Saints, so they're going to be a little bit of a tough out. Uh, and I still have consideration for the fact that I think Philadelphia is going to need that final game of the season, so I don't think they're going to be resting their starters. The Giant defense has been, has been an anomaly. They've been up, they've been down, they've been good, they've been bad. There you go, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. Um, but it's just one of those things that if you watch it, it's like you don't understand it, you don't get it. Because you see moments where the secondary plays lights out. You see moments where we, where we swarm to the ball, but then you see opportunities and chances where players are just gashing the Giants' defense, not only from the backfield, but you know, when they get into the second level. You see a pass rush at times, and then sometimes the pass rush just disappears. Now, the offensive line for the Saints isn't that great. I mean, I would say they're an average NFL offensive line. Someone you would think the likes of Kayvon Thibodeau would be able to push these 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 types of offensive lines around. He had had one tackle, he had one combined tackle, and I don't want to hear people tell me, "Well, if you take a look at the stat sheet, it doesn't tell you the whole story about what Kayvon Thibodeau did." I'm tired of hearing that, Carl Banks. I'm sorry. The fact is this, you look outside of three games where he had seven sacks, you know, it gets, it gets kind of interesting. It gets kind of, it gets kind of weird, you know, his season, like I said, he, he had, yeah, he had eight tackles against the Packers, but seven of them were assists. You know, he only had five tackles against the Packers and a half a sack. You know, he came off his two, he had two sacks against the commanders, but then he had zero against the Raiders. You know, he had his three-sack game against the Jets, but then he put up zero against the Bills and zero against the Cardinals and zeros against the Cowboys. I've said this before. I always think Kayvon Thibodeau, I'm never going to say he's a bust because I don't think he's a bust, but I don't think he is going to be that finisher, and we talked about that last year. He had to learn how to finish plays, and he did it it in that commander's game when he scored a touchdown, but... I just don't think he's the finisher. I don't think he's the closer. I don't think he's the guy. I mean, you mean, someone point out the sack. Well, he had that sack on Zach Wilson that should have ended the game, but it didn't end the game. If you have a sack on someone and it doesn't end the game and then they come back to make a play a series later and beat you, you're, you're not closing it out. And the, like I said, his 11 and a half sacks remind me so much of Marcus Golden's 10 and a half sacks a couple years ago where he got sacks in bunches and then kind of disappeared. Now you, you're going to call him a linebacker, but I've said this a million times before. If it's me, I'm playing cave on Thibodeau with his hand in the dirt. I'm putting him in the defensive end position and keeping him there because he's not going to have the ability to cover. He's not the most stout run defender when he's standing up. I think he's going to be better against the run when he's playing from that defensive end position. He's backed up by a quality linebacker who has the ability to help maintain control in the line and have make sure you can change. Excuse me, hold on to containment. I, I I just, like I said, I, he's, I don't think him. I don't think Evan Neal I don't think either one of those guys you can consider a bust, but I've said it. How many times have I said this before, you know, ladies and gentlemen, don't piss down my leg and tell me it's raining because my eyes see what they see when cave on Thibodeau. And we talked about this ad nauseum during the draft. There were people that said he took a lot of plays off in Oregon and I didn't personally believe it because I tried to go back and watch the film. But I've seen him get manhandled by the tight end. I've seen him get 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 stoutly stuffed by the tackles. So I mean, and then people are like, well, I would rather have him over Aiden Hutchinson or, or or Mr. Parsons. No, I would take Hutchinson Parsons or Bosa over Cavon, and I wouldn't even have to. Th- I wouldn't even have to think about it. That's not a slight against Cavon. I'm not slighting him because of that, but I'm also telling you, you, you look at something, you look at something statistically and say, well, he's got 11 and a half sacks. Yes, but put those 11 and a half sacks in context. And you have to remember in the Seattle game, he had a sack in the first series and the sack in the last series and nothing in between. Cause those are the only two tackles that he had. And we lost that game. 24 was it 24, 25, nothing. So you have to look at these things in, in regard. He, he he was basically a no show against the Cowboys. He was he was a no show against the Bills. He was nowhere to be found against the Raiders. Same with the pa- Patriots, and with his just seven assists, he really wasn't. He wasn't a factor against the Packers. But again, I have to look at the stat. I have to look beyond the stat sheet. When, we've said this before. We said it with our old buddy, King of the Almost Sack. I just had to play it. Cause it was just so long, but we've said it before you, we ha- we used to have to look beyond Leonard Williams stats. You can't just look at, st- you can't just look at tackles and you can't just look at sacks. You gotta, you gotta look at pressures. And how many times have we've said this kiddies? What does the pressure equate to? You need to tell me that you can't just tell me, well, he was sucking of the team in pressures. Great. What happened with those pressures? Were they completions? Were they touchdowns? Were they big plays? Were they interceptions? Were they incompletions? No. You don't tell me that because you want to know why. It's the same thing with a lot of his sacks. You watch his sack totals. You watch what he does. A lot of times he's not having those sacks and those totals in areas where they need to be in regards to being game-changing. And you can look one or two of them and say, yes, look at this here. But you know what? Last time I checked, the season was 17 games, not six plays over an entire season. And like I said, I'm not saying he's a bust, but let's let's not, let's say what he is. And for the fact that he needs to be the closer, he needs to be the guy that steps up. He needs to be the one that makes something happen. Yes, it's only in the second year, but look where we took him in the draft. And he is in a second year. You have to make a difference. You have to step up. You see your team is going into halftime down by a point. You have to come out fired up in that second half and matriculate down the field and get that fucking quarterback and make something happen or make a play against the running game when he's getting pushed and shoved off the line. He's two hundred. He's what is he six? I can't remember what he is. He's six something, but he's like two hundred fifty eight pounds. He's not going to put any more size. He's not going to put any more bulk. He is going to be what he is. We we are what they thought they were. And I don't want to. I don't want to keep hearing about all the pressures. Okay, Justin Herbert, when he's ha- when he's having a good season, actually performed better under pressure than he did when he had a clean pocket. Look at his rookie year. So tell me what the pressures mean. The defense carried the day the last couple months. They carried, they carried the day against the Saints, the Packers, and the Patriots. They carried the day. They get, but they've also had these games where they just put up and give up massive amounts of points. We, like I said, we are we, we are an enigma wrapped in a riddle. This defense, and it's interesting that I still think there's an issue with um, with Wink and Dable. There was a, there was a exchange on the sideline today that we, I don't know if anyone else caught it, that during the defensive series, Wink, while Wink was trying to call the defensive play, Dable came over and was talking to Wink as the play was going on, as he was trying to call in the defensive play. That's, that's, that's a little controlling and that's a little weird. The whole defense, like I said, has, has a lot of individual talents, but I don't think they're a unit. And, and I think it showed again. It reared as ugly. You played against some bad competition or okay competition. You played against a, a team that was you probably weren't better than, and, and it was immediately shown. But you got to finish, Tommy DeVito. You know we 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 are good. We are gonna miss it, Jersey Shore. Tommy, wait for the beat drop. Well, that didn't work. I hit the wrong button. (laughs) Uh, Wait, wait, what the hell? I don't know what the hell these buttons are. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Oh, poor Jersey Shore, Tommy. I've said it before, and I said it during the live stream, and I said it during the video yesterday. If you're gonna do the hand motion thing, you're gonna do the a by thing. When you get wrecked, you have to expect other teams to copy your celebration as a form of something that's not flattering. <laughs> <sighs> you know they always say imitation is a serious, sincerest form of flattery. This is not flattering, so you have to. Ex- you had to expect the Saints to do it, and they did it right away. I mean, they didn't even wait because they showed the league basically how to play against Tommy DeVito. I've said this before. Tommy DeVito was a great story. I hope I was hoping Tommy mania was going to continue for a while, but the kid just doesn't have the arm strength. I'm sorry. And I mentioned on the, on the video yesterday, when you watched him miss Slayton on that first pass, you're like, does he have the arm strength to make all the NFL throws? The answer is no. That's why he went to Illinois. That was that's why he was at Syracuse. He wasn't at a, he wasn't at a he wasn't at a quarter quarterback powerhouse school. And it was exposed more on the fact that his accuracy at times, especially on the deep pass, he's good on the short pass. That's why I said he, I, he reminds me a lot of Chad Pennington. He's good on the short pass, but you go to that intermediate deep route, he's just not there. He missed a lot of guys last week, and he missed a lot of guys against the Saints. And his inability to make certain decisions is what's concerning, but I'm not overly concerned because he's a rookie and he's learning. He's 25 years old. He's a little older for a rookie. But the thing is this, I mean, he's a tough kid. He's a gritty kid. He's a kid that plays above his talent. But the problem is this is the NFL. The league figured it out real quick. And we mentioned, I I mentioned all this on the stream. You can go back and watch it. And I even said, if I was the saints, the first thing that I would do is I would, sit there and I would make sure that he had no running lanes. I would make sure that I parked either a safety or a linebacker in the middle of the field. Make sure you don't overcommit on your rush. Hold on to your assignment, create a basically just create an area around in front of the pocket where you're not allowing him to step up and run. And and that's exactly what they did. You're not putting, you're not, he's not Michael Vick. You're not putting a spy but you can also just park a linebacker or a safety in the middle of that field, or even just, you could also just take a defensive lineman and drop him back, not into coverage, but just drop him back a little bit. And when you're rushing only four or five and you're getting to the quarterback, if you have that extra defender as a spy at someone that's, and he maintains his assignment, you are not going to allow Tommy DeVito to run. And that's what they did. You keep the rush in Tommy's face You make, you collapse the pocket inward, but you don't let him step up. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's what the, that's what, that is the pattern the league is now going to look at in reference to Tommy DeVito. You limit his short passing options. You make him go, try to go deep. You make him try to make that 30, 40 yard pass because it's just not there guys. And it's not a slight against Tommy. Tommy is what he is. He's got, he's getting the most out of his talent, but he goes up against superior talent or even, you know, above average NFL talent. He's going to get wrecked. Like what happened Sunday, like what happened against, I mean, everyone wants to talk about everything against the Packers. You know, the Packers game itself was an anomaly because he gained maybe 30, almost a third of his yards on that last series. Tommy DeVito did. So all the hype and all the grandeur that people thought that we were going to go in and have a quarterback room with Tommy DeVito and Daniel Jones, I've always said was insane because that, that that is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You need to go find your quarterback. You need to find a guy that's going to go out there and lead this team is going to be a strong competitor, and it's just not Tommy DeVito. And again, it's not a slight against Tommy DeVito. It's just that's what he is. He is he's going to be a career backup with limited arm strength and limited ability. And if you need to use him for an extended period of time as your starter, you might have some trouble. What was more concerning to me was the fact that even after, after that hit, and it was not an illegal hit after that hit, I thought he was going to be out for the game. And when he came back in in the second half, you could see Tommy was, we've watched him last three, four weeks. He's very springy. He's very jumpy. He's, he like, he's like he got a lot of motion and a lot of movement. And he just didn't have that going into the second half. He almost looked like he was glazed. He really looked like he was glazed over a little bit. And, and that was concerning because I was like, why is Dable throwing this kid out here? I would not be shocked if he misses the Philadelphia game. And you, have a back, and you have a quarterback room of Barkley and Tyrod Taylor because he just didn't look right. He didn't look right when he took the snap. He didn't look right in the huddle. He just didn't look. Something just didn't look right. And and for Dable to keep running him out there, and then when he got his ankle stepped on, and then when he had his calf issues, and him, to yeah, I know he's giving the thumbs up, but as the head coach, you got to call timeout and get your guy out of there. You You got five minutes left. The game is over. It's over. And Dable has done this in bad blowout losses with Daniel Jones. And I'm not saying that it affected Daniel Jones or hurt Daniel Jones, but I don't understand why Dable will sit there and allow you, allow his quarterback to be punished, his starting quarterback, and then get shocked when he gets hurt. Somebody in the stream, and uh, someone said in the chat, not the stream, in the comment section, that they were thinking that maybe Dable just didn't like any of the quarterbacks. He's not a DeVito fan. He's not a Daniel Jones fan. And so that's why he was leaving them in there. It just, it just doesn't make sense. You, you run these two guys out that you run them into basically brick walls. Then you're shocked when they get hurt. And then you're like, well, oh, we're going to have to go a different direction. It's just a weird team. It's just a weird season. I also don't know why people are so confident in Brian, uh, excuse me, Joe Shane drafting a quarterback. His drafts still have not been phenomenal. And his assessment of quarterback talent has not been that great because he signed Daniel Jones at $160 million. We've talked about this ad nauseum. The minute he signed Daniel Jones to that contract, he was no longer a Dave Gettleman draft pick. He was now a Shane and Dable guy, Daniel Jones. He He was now their guy. I mean, we got three games left in the season. It's going to be a weird off season. We, you know, Daniel Jones is owed 68 million or dead 68 million dead cap number. He's going to take up over 18% of the space. I think we only got like 38 players under contract, only like 60 million. The cap is not going to go as much up as much as we thought it was going to be. You're still going to have to find your quarterback solution because going in with Dave going in with, D- uh, I mean, Dave going in there with, you know, with Jones and DeVito is just not the answer. Then I worry that if, if Buffalo implodes, or something happens in Buffalo that Dable may try to jump ship and go back to the Bills. I don't think he's gonna take the char- I don't think he's gonna go after the Charger job because he initially wanted the Charger job. I'm not gonna say he's gonna jump over the Chargers job, but I think he would take the Buffalo job. It's it's once again, it's just a weird time to be a New York fan. The Jets suck. The Knicks are up and down. The Rangers are, you know, Rangers play well at times. You got the Mets and the Yankees. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. It's just strange. It's just peculiar. It's just bizarre. But this team is, this team is the giant team is not at the judging level, but they do things that really make your head scratch. You got to get rid of Bobby Johnson. You're going to have to get rid of Mike Kafka. I don't know if wink comes back. I think wink may be shopping around for a head coaching position. So you may have an entirely different offensive and defensive staff next year, which would be weird. Uh, especially for a team that's only one season removed from making the playoffs. But then again, we made the playoffs under the doo-doo and look what happened the next year. And we're kind of heading down that same trail, but I don't think anyone's going to leave. I don't think anyone. I don't think Dable's going to go anywhere. Shane's definitely not going anywhere. But like I said, I'm going to trust Shane to draft his guy and his Dable and Dable's guy because of the fact that I think they need the right guy to run in their system I don't think the fit was ever Daniel Jones. I don't think the fit's ever going to be Tommy DeVito. I just think that we're going to have to just, once again, hold on in 2024 to see what the hell happens. I've said it before. If Daniel Jones' contract failed, it was going to be at least four years before we were truly competitive again. It looks like we're heading down that track. It's just fun to be a Giant fan. Probably have a big live stream today like we always do on Monday. And again, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to ring that bell, cause you want to know why. That'll be awesome.